Hey, y'all, I got a question for you. What's a piece of gear that you maybe have unintentionally overlooked in your rig throughout the years? Well, for me, it's always been guitar cables. I figured ah, it just goes from the guitar to the amplifier or the guitar to the pedal board to the amp. And if one breaks, whatever, I'll just go buy another one. No big deal. Thanks to the fine folks at Runway Audio, though, I have finally seen the light. Runway Audio is based in Nashville, Tennessee, which is awesome for me because that's right down the road. But it's awesome for you as well because Runway has the best cable on the market. And what makes it the best, you ask? Well, it has the lowest capacitance of any cable on the market right now at 20 picofarads per foot. And pretty much all that capacitance is is the ability to store an electrical charge. The lower the capacitance is, the less tone that it sucks from your cable from your guitar on the way to your amplifier. So if you're in the market for anything cable-related, whether it's instrument cables, patch cables, XLR cables, speaker cables, power cables, you name it, Runway Audio has got you covered. And if you go down to my link tree, click the link for Runway Audio. Any purchasing you will do, I will get a little bit of a kickback from that, which is always appreciated. So check out all the awesome stuff that Runway Audio is doing and pick something up to get the best tone possible. This episode today is brought to you by Stringjoy Guitar Strings, the finest strings on the market. For me, it has been the Orbiters that have been my absolute go-to ever since they've come out, and that's their coated electric strings. But if the coated thing's not your thing, totally get it. The signatures in the Broadways in their electric line, top-notch quality. For acoustic guitars, they have their Naturals and their Brights, along with the Foxwoods, which are their coated Fosper Rons. For all you bassists out there too, they have the Signatures and the Rangers. Full disclosure, the link down below is my affiliate link, so if you would like to check out Stringjoy, click that link down below. Not only will you be getting the finest guitar strings on the market, but you'll also be helping out this podcast, which I greatly appreciate. So head on over to Stringjoy today. I'm not even close to the tip of the iceberg of all the awesome things that Stringjoy does, so click the link down below and check them out for yourself. Welcome back to Man the Helm Podcast. Today, I am joined once again by Mr. Richard Oliver of Wampler Pedals. How are you doing, sir? Uh, hey, uh, I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. You know, we did this. You were one of the first guests I had on the podcast, man. It was uh, kind of a surreal moment, and it's even better when you get to come back. So, it, I mean, I've enjoyed watching the the growth and seeing the guests you've had on and being like, hey, I'd, I'd kind of like to talk to that person too. So uh, how long has this podcast been going now? Um, A little over a year. Yeah, I thought so. So yeah. that's about it. Yeah. And uh, just for uh, your own bragging rights, you have officially passed the most downloads. Uh, Blake Wyland was at the top of that list, but now you are officially there with episode four. I just had to check the analytics. So you don't need to, no one needs to listen to Blake talk. He says oh, nothing, yeah. nothing useful. Well, <laughs> well, you get them, you get them on chasing tone and you get them on tone mob and you know, you get them online. So you, you already hear them enough, you know? So I, it's impossible to hear enough of Blake. Uh, I would listen to him all day long. Yeah. He's, he's one of those guys that, um, he, he's the one that kind of like got me into wanting to do a podcast just from, you know, listening to the, countless episodes of the tone mob right when i found it and then in turn with chasing tone again you know so he's kind of it's kind of his fault for all of this so i'm gonna make you a t-shirt that says i blame blake in fact actually i had a problem with one of your t-shirts you uncovered a problem because you've ordered some t-shirts from wampler oh yeah I, I get to see that when that happens but unfortunately one of the inside labels wouldn't print so they mm. put they're on hold i said who cares? No one cares about the label. So hopefully it's been taken off hold. If not, uh, I'll have to sort it out on Monday. But oh, um, yeah. you are going to be the first person ever to own the <laughs> You Cannot Bill Me For Your Dreams, Brian t-shirt. Well, you know, the funny thing about that t-shirt is I saw it when you guys first released it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. 
But then once you guys started talking about it and you were like, oh, it's a good joke, but nobody seems to want it. I'm like, all right, well, now I'm going to order it just to make a point, you know, and I honestly cannot wait to wear that T-shirt and everybody around me just be utterly confused as to what is going on. I'm pretty sure I can't remember the story, but I'm pretty sure I made it whilst I was actually like recording a show with Bry. I was like. I am so sick of uh, you getting all this free stuff out of me while I'm asleep. I'm mm -hmm. making a t-shirt, which is exactly what that is. I had the perfect photo and everything. So, yeah, you will be privileged to own that. That's a, that's a rarity. I'm not sure how long it's going to stay on the shop. But, yeah, uh, hey. I hope it turns up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm not worried about it. You know, I understand, you know, Shopify can get a little weird sometimes and different orders from different stuff can get a little weird. And I know oh. it is a a very unique item that it is a limited edition. You will have the only one in the world. <laughs> hey, I'm all about it. Well, um, I wanted to get the Settle Down Circuit Nerds shirt because um, doing demos online you know it, it's almost like a dig at the well actually comments you know if you do a demo online with the settle down circuit nerds you know i'm just yeah. showing off a toy for guitar players and we're not going to sit here and argue about the craziness you know it it gets crazy man like like the deeper you get into the world of guitar effects the 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 deeper you are into the matrix <laughs> yeah like, you will meet some characters absolutely you know and that's the thing i um I was talking to a friend the other day about, um, I, I actually just picked up the metaverse, um, and phenomenal I pedal. I'm excited to talk to you about it. Cause I have, I have points to make, but yes. Glad um, you can. Oh my goodness. I don't know why I waited so long to get that pedal. It is one of those. And, and then even with the, uh, the plugin for my DAW, it is so versatile. So I'm glad you say, said that. So we are updating the plugin literally as you speak. Oh, uh, nice. I'm not going to give too much away, uh, but there's some really big improvements, including the fact that it won't load as 11 separate plugins. We, we oh, went okay. one way and we were like, if we do it this way, we can release it quicker and we might sell them individually, but we decided not to. So it will be unified in the new version. Awesome. Uh, and we are going to introduce Pro Tools compatibility, which is a big thing for us because Pro Tools is huge in the professional world. So mm -hmm. that is a, a little bit of a sneaky peek. There's a lot going on with plugins. I can't say anything else. Okay, um, good. But I'm really glad you like the pedal. For me, I think we released it at a bad time because it didn't get the traction I thought it was going to get. I thought everybody would be all over this thing, mm -hmm. but actually it came out at the time as the Boss Space Echo, the RE201. Yeah. It came out at the same time that Line 6 re-released their big green wide thing. I forget what the number was. So it yeah. was like it was lost in a sea of other multi-delays at the time, but a few people have picked it up recently and have gone, I did not realize how good. So, so great example, Jamie Humphreys, um, who's a phenomenal player and knows his tone better than most people, uh, was doing some Gilmore work. I was like, stick it on the jet algorithm. Then you've got an analog flange sound with your um, delay, and then you don't need to add a flanger, and you can use a different effect as well, like a rotary. And he just came back to me later and he was just all smiles. It was just like, that is the, it's such a great algorithm. So yeah, man, I'm not sure why the entire world isn't talking about it, but hopefully, you know, it's a slow burner, but I'm glad you're enjoying it. What are you liking about it other than the uh, plugin? So I have this preset right now with the jet mode uh -huh. um, and I'm doing a, um, I have a, a song that I'm trying to, finish writing but it has like a dotted eighth almost like a um a, a darker u2 sort of feel for the intro and that setting with those dotted eights sounds so amazing so good yeah it, it and that's the thing um i i just picked it up a few days ago and i haven't had a chance to like really really dive into it um i just came up i think with like four or five presets for it right now and every time i do it it's Delay is one of those effects that I, I don't think 
the mass of guitar players, at least where I'm at, use it besides just something really quick, like a slapback for like the more country style thing, or the extremely like long delays for maybe some more droney or, you know, lead stuff, you know, with with that pedal, I'm seeing just so many possibilities of how I can use delay. And then with the plugin too, I was using it on vocals. I was using it on drums like it it was honestly on vocals the doctor is such a great algorithm because mm -hmm. the way it degrades gives you like instant dub reggae i've said this on another podcast but it blew me away i mean i, I tested it to, to to test all the different algorithms i re-recorded let's dance by bowie okay yeah use the guitars for that because that's got a really nice crisp long slap back sound in it and mm -hmm. that that became i was only actually supposed to record the guitar parts i got so into doing it i recorded everything i was like i've got to do this but it is it's a really powerful uh piece of hardware and and piece of software and the software is free if you buy the pedal which is something i haven't seen many people do since yeah uh, I, I honestly i'm a little disappointed that it's not talked about a lot more i think and again if i reflect on this i think our stubbornness with the name may not have been the best decision because that's fair we were like you know we named it metaverse long before uh zuckerberg told us that he was changing his platform to that right it's the perfect world a word for it because it's a a universe of universes within itself that kind mm -hmm. of stuff and we just loved it so much. And then it literally launched a month after Zuckerberg changed his um, uh, company name. And I think a lot of people were like, well, I'm not buying it because of that. And, and our opinion at the time was, well, at least people are going to be talking about the name. You know, sure. at least it will resonate. But I think as time's gone on, people have forgiven that slight sin. And they're just like, this is a cool pedal. And it's small. Yeah. I, I mean, for what it does, it takes up so little space on your pedal board, man. Well, you know, I I usually don't try to I've never had huge pedal boards because I've always gigged a lot. I need the least amount of trips back to the car and the least amount of stuff to kind of shimmy between doorways, you know. So I've always had a, a modestly medium size pedal board, I guess would be a good answer for it. So something like that with that much power in that small of a footprint is the most ideal. The Honestly. only for gigging it's superb yeah yeah the only thing right now that i would need to make it absolutely perfect is just something to control the midi well uh, again i'm not gonna say too much but there's a lot of stuff happening um but if you did get a midi controller it opens up like nothing else yeah do you have a terraform already i have one on order from my local shop <laughs> So there's a neat trick you can do with the Terraform and the uh, Metaverse, which is it will downstream presets to... Oh, huh. So basically, if you what you can then do is kind of set your algorithms up. What I like to do when I'm doing this is, is then put it into preset select mode on the tap tempo, mm -hmm. and then you're essentially selecting both sets of algorithms with each selection. You can do some very clever things there. See, okay. For me, the easiest way to set the, these pedals up in MIDI, and a lot of people are like, oh, MIDI's so complex. It's not. Set up eight presets you like on the pedal and then call those from MIDI. And yeah. that is the simplest thing. And if you do that, if you set up presets on it, then again, if you start thinking, well, I'm going to have a Terraform, if I sync up so that preset one on the metaverse is, I don't know, you know, an, an analog delay sound from the first preset and... I'm going to put rotary on preset one, then it will always select both of those with one click. You don't need a MIDI controller. That okay. said, you can do a huge amount with a MIDI controller. Yeah. Uh, Brian is still scared of MIDI. I'm going to put it out there. He's scared of using MIDI because it is difficult to program most MIDI controllers. Sure. Yeah. It, it, I think it's one of those things that it just seems like um, too much information to learn too quickly. It, it's really not i don't think i just think it's like kind of like overwhelming to look at is, that, is. It, if you can if you've ever set a casio digital watch then basically the menu is exactly the same right 
it's frustrating and you're using the same frustrating lack of control but if you can manage your way through a digital watch yes brian wampler i'm looking at you then you can manage your way through a midi a midi controller um no he's he, he's fine with it now took a bit what? of getting well, I, I, I was thinking more along the lines of getting something like um, an ES5, just so I can have loops of, you know, some of my favorite dirt pedals along with the MIDI capability. Um, you have a gearbox as well, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my go-to still. And basically, that's been plumbed into my ES5 from day one, because you can split the inputs on the ES5. So, mm -hmm. Tumnus in channel two, and I've got the Pinnacle side in channel three. So it does use up two spots on my looper, but that's not a problem because I found a little box that extended the, the looper anyway. So uh, it's a, yeah, honestly, Gearbox, Metaverse, you're basically 90% of the way there for nearly every tone you ever need. I Yeah, I have a board that's a super small mini board. And for the fly gigs, that's going to be the quick stuff, a Metaverse, Gearbox, Tuner. That's, that's yeah. going to be the pedal board. You know, yeah, we'll need to finish a tuner. That would be a good thing. Well, you know, you gotta you gotta stay in tune. I don't like the headstock stuff because I'm worried they're always oh. gonna fly off. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and you got to be in tune. Um, yeah, that's uh, good too. So, are you gigging much at the moment? Uh, no, not at the moment. Um, got a few things in the works with a handful of bands, but um, not really. Um, it's kind of nice, but it also kind of I'm kind of missing it at the same time. It's kind of nice not having to, you know drive all the way down for a four hour five hour gig to not get paid any money to you know yeah. get a bunch of woo girls you know down in the nashville area get the woos all the time so how far away are you from, are you from nashville again i forget uh probably 40 minutes yeah okay so that that's quite an uh an easy thing for you to get to uh, yeah um that's that's the thing i was talking to my wife the other day about you know she was saying if we were happy, you know, in the area we are. And I was like, absolutely. All you know, <laughs> a lot, a lot of the people that I like are within less than an hour of me right awesome. now, you know? So yeah. if I want to go down and hang out with people down in Nashville, or I want to gig down in Nashville, it's like, well, yeah, it's right there. And, you know, one of my most favorite people is in my home state and on the way home to see my parents. So, you know, That's of Indiana. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> That's not me. No, I'm, I wish. You know, you you do need to get over here, though, man. I really do. Uh, it, it's going to happen soon. Uh, okay. I'm not sure when, but it is going to happen. I do need to get out. Business has been like really difficult for the last uh, five years because we yeah. have this pandemic thing, and it made running a small business really difficult for a while. But it, it's getting better. But yeah, I'd love to get out. I've got so many. If if I went out to the states right now, I basically blake said to me you need to lose 40 pounds before you come out because you are going to put it on out here oh I'm absolutely like, yeah yeah i've given up already so uh no i'd <laughs> love to get out there and that is a nice part and you're doing the, the woodshed guitar experience this year the the andy wood uh camp i am not unfortunately uh, i i was trying really really hard to be able to afford it um and it's it just, not cheap it, it, no. It, it is, no it's not cheap so that's no you know no tarnish that you can't afford it. I was hoping you'd win the scholarship. I really was. Like, I think it was a lady that won it, and good luck to her. Uh, and I'm really happy for her. But I was like, please let Jake wing it. Because if there's anybody that would do well with some Andy Wood instruction, it would have been you. But hey, there's always next year. Well, it, you know, it was a good thing. It was, um, it's the, the way that I look at those sort of things is it's just getting your name out there you know what i mean that's really all it is excuse me i didn't want to sneeze right into the microphone um that would have been hideous but um yeah and they uh they released a, a thing with uh sir guitars where he released a, a snippet of one of his new tracks that's going to be coming out and what you know everybody's solo over it so that within itself was just a super cool experience that you know the the not going to the woodshed thing i'm gonna go eventually it's just yeah. not this year yeah and, and and again i'm not sure if brian's gonna go this year he he may do he may not i i, I really don't know i would love to go but clearly it's in another country um there are some amazing guests this year and andy is a super nice guy but uh yeah like you say another time i have been 
incredibly, I, I want to use the word impressed and jealous at the same time. Gel pressed. I'm not sure. There that. you go. Yeah. But with your work on some of Andy's solos or mm. just some of his music full stop, because I would never attempt it. I would just be like, no, this guy is, he's like a, you know, he's like the level 10 boss. I'm not going near it. it it's like trying to copy Hendrix. Yeah. Um, such a good player. People don't realize how good a player he is, how naturally it comes to him or seemingly, or he makes it. Uh, but you've done really good with uh, with covering some of his stuff. How did you find that? That must have been taxing on the old brain. Well, um, I always tell everybody, first and foremost, I'm a guitar player. The stuff I do online is is just, uh, you know, I, I like to, I wanted to get back into the gear world. And that's, that's what the online stuff is for, is, you know, creating communities, being a part of communities, getting to know people in the, you know, industry. And just kind of like I said earlier, just kind of like showing face and being around and, you know, the what the old Nashville adage is, you you know, you have to be present to be known. And it's the same online. But when it comes to me as an individual, I'm first and foremost a guitar player. And Andy is the pinnacle for me of no pun intended with you guys. But uh, the, he, he is the the everything I'd ever want to be in a guitar player. You know, his speed, his precision, his phrasing, um, just the multitude of styles that he melds together. That's the thing that really gets me. Yeah. Someone sort of says, Ex explain, you know, what Andy Wood's guitar styles are. I'm like, I don't know, like bluegrass, country, rock, metal, fusion, funk. Right. Maybe. Um, but it, it, it all sounds so natural. And he's one of the few guitarists who can put out an instrumental album and it not sound boring. I mean, I know a, a lot of guitar players and, and I work with a lot and they all release albums and nearly all of them I listen to and I just kind of go, needs a vocalist. There's nothing hooking me here at all. Mm -hmm. Needs words. When I heard Junk Town, I was like, I'm listening to this over and over again. It was like listening to John Five. It, mm -hmm. he, two players and i guess there are similarities in their style i guess that means i kind of like bluegrass but you know the two players are able to carry you through a song without any words and it'd be awesome so yeah i'm massively um in awe of what you've done but also andy is such a fantastic guy so yeah um i was i was pretty shocked man when i i dm dm'd him out of nowhere and he was just like yeah let's do it and i'm like oh my goodness how are we gonna do this you know, one of my favorite guitar players is just going to, you know, I have no business talking to that guy. I mean, know? I have no, like, I got him to give me a, um, like a one-off, like, lesson over mm -hmm. Skype or whatever. And I just realized, you know, it was nice. We we covered a few things and it was more about some basic ideas about thinking because I'm so far away from being at a level where I can actually learn the stuff that I think I want to learn from him. Yeah. What you really want to learn is just how he thinks. There's yeah. always the thing. Like again, I work a lot with Jamie Humphreys um, over at Six String Alliance, and his musical brain is so good it's ridiculous. He's doing a lot of stuff on on the Gibson app, which is uh, like a learning app for mm -hmm. songs. And he like has to do five songs in the style of David Gilmore. He's just done one uh, that's about to release in in the style of Queen, and 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 it's just he's so good at doing these pastiches that they sound exactly like the the artist but nothing like the pieces they're supposed to be. but you know exactly what you're listening to it's like okay this was inspired by this and he can do that day after day after day and i'm like i just want to know how your brain works because i i cannot do that i can I, I wrote a riff yesterday took me about 30 takes to get it into pro tools oh yeah well, that's it. Riff done. I'll come back to that another day. <laughs> well, one of the best things that I got out of talking to Andy was he said a phrase to me about being a guitar player and a musician in general, or like breaking into, you know, the session work or the gigging work or whatnot. And he said, every musician that I play with is a complete musician. Mm -hmm. And what he meant by that was, you know, that musical language they're so fluent in it with other musicians that it, it is like speaking another language when they're playing together you know and that's that's really what kind of drove it home for me it's like man i gotta be better that that's like that that's the first thing where i already said that i'm like i have to do better yeah and and that's kind of where my guitar journey's gone a bit because i've been having lessons now 
seven, eight years. And I started my lessons thinking I was an quote unquote intermediate guitar player mm -hmm. because you know, I could run up and down a few scales pretty quickly without looking. That must mean that I'm better than a beginner. And I'm like, I'm not even a beginner really. Yeah. And the stuff that I don't know is huge. Uh, I've started doing this every day, this morning coffee routine, which you're yeah. supposed to 75 pages a day, 75 a week, yes, a day, no, sir. Um, but I'm getting quicker at it, and I'm trying to call out, you know, this scale, that scale, I'm trying to understand the intervals. And these are just things that, like, for me, my brain just goes, nope, makes no sense. There's no real pattern to it, makes no sense, you know. And you just have to remember things. And I find myself going to bed going, right, let's think about the intervals. Let's think about the different chords in a chord scale, all of that sort of stuff. But that is what these guys have lived and breathed for their entire life, which is why they're so good at it. And it's why I'm barely scratching the surface. Yeah. But you never learn everything on the guitar and that's the beauty of it it's like a game that never ends you never meet that end level boss well and i think that's the best attitude to have because those are the the people that you know everybody's experienced the somewhat arrogant musician in their life you know that is they've, they've done it faster and better than you've done but having that that mindset going into it of just like well yeah you know it's it's a never-ending race i'm never going to reach the finish line i'm just getting to the next peak is all i mean i remember turning up to like a jam session at work and there were three of us uh me um my 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 buddy who can pick up any instrument and play it like play sax plays accordion plays violin I'm, I'm like i can barely make a note on these things so he's naturally gifted and then the other guy was the younger um the younger guy who turned up opened up his like brazilian special edition prs started shredding and we were both like, that's really good, but we can't play along with you. Right. And it's, there's only so far that being technically gifted, but not listening is ever going to get you. Yep. And, you know, I was humbled by it because I was like, yeah, you're really good at playing. But I was also kind of like, but at least I can play with other people. Mm -hmm. You know, at least I can kind of jam rather than go listen to me do this Ozzy Osbourne solo for 10 seconds. Like, oh. Well, you know, the funny thing with that is, you know, even even musicians and guitar players aren't impressed with that more than of a 10 second little shreddy lick. Exactly. You know? 100%. Because um, it's tricks, really. Yeah. I, I, I would rather, you know, you play something that, you know, is a really, really nicely phrased melody that makes me feel something when you're when you're playing the instrument. You know what I mean? I mean, there are there are always like moments where your like your jaw drops when you hear guitarists. You're like, wow. Mm -hmm. you know? And one of the earliest for me, my friend Dave, who was really who got me into the guitar, and I'll make sure he listens to this if he gets a chance, um, because he does listen to Chasing Tone. But he used to work for a guitar company. I met him when I was like 16. Went round, hung out. He was cool. He had a, like a box of gear, but he was also one of the most naturally gifted musicians I'd ever at that point met. And he still probably is. And he'd had a really bad accident. He'd hurt his finger by putting his hand through a plate glass window whilst incredibly drunk on whiskey. That'll do it. And he couldn't control his little finger anymore. But he played um, He played a, a Scott Joplin rag and okay. I'd never a finger style guitar at that point. And I was mm -hmm. like, what the hell is that? And then he did kind of a version of Stanley Clark's version of Eleanor Rigby, which I don't know whether you've heard it, but it's a lot mm -hmm. of tapping and it's it's really melodic. And I was yeah. like, wow. And that just blew my tiny little mind. And I've mm -hmm. spent my entire life trying to be as good as those two songs, which I'm not. I, I never will be. I, and I accept that. But it was so inspirational to see that guy do it. And nothing that I expected. It wasn't, you know, he wasn't playing Metallica. He wasn't playing insert whatever doom metal band you want here but absolutely uh, yeah so uh no that was a big inspiration to me and you get your inspirations from weird places sometimes i think dude i it blows everybody's mind and it's still to this day my absolute favorite band is the darkness and it has been my favorite band since 2003 when they first released permission to land and yeah. i i don't know like it it just throws people for a loop whenever i tell them that you know, I remember when the darkness came out. I remember Lemmy from Motorhead 
calling them an effing joke. Yeah. And I don't think anybody really knew what to do with them when they came out. Because it's like, this is humorous music, but it's also really good music. Mm -hmm. It's humorous, so we don't know what to do with it. And I I bought that. I've got that album uh, on on CD that I bought in 2003. Uh, it was the year my daughter was born, so I remember it very well. I loved it. Yeah. Because um, I was a big fan of, you know, ACDC and Queen and all the, the bands that influenced them. But it's so well written. Yeah. And he Justin Hawkins is one of my favorite YouTubers. Just Absolutely. Everything he does makes me laugh. I've, I've written to him to try and get him on the show, and he hasn't responded. And I'm really disappointed. I'd love to get him on the Chasing Tone show. Would be oh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, but I'd be a little dumbstruck. I must admit, he is he is very very good at what he does. Yeah. Uh, um. I I went and saw them last year down in Nashville, and uh, my wife and I did the whole VIP thing. And, oh, I remember um, that. Well, that was right after we we spoke. Actually, yeah, I remember this now. Yeah. yeah um and man it was such an awesome experience because all the guys in that band are just super awesome people uh, look i mean i i raised this on chasing tone it seems that okay there are examples in other genres but it seems rock music is able to take itself the less the least seriously out of other oh yeah uh, all genres so i think that that adds something but he's also just a super talented musician yeah like great songwriter great ear for hooks you know i i'm currently replaying in my head now uh i believe in a thing called love because now we've spoken about it it's stuck the mm -hmm. ear is there and it's it's so good i also love their christmas song that was such a great oh song. yeah innuendo was so not subtle <laughs> no absolutely not but it was fantastic i love them yeah, yeah absolutely the 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 only thing that i think you would not like about justin is he is a straight into the amp kind of guy but uh, i have no problem with that either so i th we we were testing some pedals which i may or may not have shown you earlier mm -hmm. that I can't discuss. and brian was like no you need a better clean amp so i've got this rivera here which has a like a fender clean side and a marshall dirty side okay yeah mm -hmm. i'm into the fender clean side i was like oh wow these sound amazing but then i i did just play through the front of that amp for a while because i like the, the the rawness of a gain channel that's cranked and nothing else sometimes you know it's you get a lower noise floor overall because you haven't got all these different gain stages hissing and, and and popping but also it that's why we all got into the guitar it's not about the gear it's about the sound yeah the is secondary so yeah i don't care what you're doing to make a uh, good guitar noise as long as it's good guitar noise but well i was more so referring to the fact that you can't bribe them with a box full <laughs> of pedals to get them into the show <laughs> that hasn't worked very well to be fair because nearly everybody that has been on the show has had a pedal out of us not all of them have like gone on to become massive ambassadors for us oh, normally sure. they go to another brand who who caters for them more but it's because Brian refuses to make me the pedal that he knows he needs to make me. But one day, maybe. Well, yeah, you, you just got to kind of keep chipping away at him. I, I'm trying. It's uh, it's hard. But yeah, so um, no, the Darkness are, are utterly fantastic. Um, I've never seen them live, I don't think. Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I have seen ACDC live, which they're kind of based on, but that was 30 years ago. God, I'm old. Well, you know, we we get to that. We're we're starting to get to that point. And I know I'm I'm I would be young in your eyes, but I'm starting to get Maybe. to that point myself. I know, right? Your beard oh. is still naturally brown. Yeah, that's true. There there are a few white coming in here and there, though. So we're starting to uh, we're starting to go down the hill. So let me ask you this though: You started this podcast kind of, you know, because you wanted to get further into the the gear world and whatnot. But it was also, I felt a little bit of therapy for you. I felt, you know, the whole title of Man the Helm was about taking control, about, you know, realizing we're all on our own journeys. Has that helped? Has that worked for you in the last year? Has this helped you kind of shape your thoughts? Yeah, um, I would say definitely, because I, I don't I don't speak a whole lot about I mean, I, I'm not like shy about it or anything. It's just I don't I don't speak a whole lot about the military sort of thing. 
but there is this weird dynamic that happens and I never really understood why, you know, I, I would have friends that would, would get out and then, you know, I, they'd hit me up and I would always be, you know, there for them if they needed anything. But you would hear that, like, oh, I'm just getting depressed, you know, like, I just don't know what happened and what, well, what happened is you're coming from a group of, at least in my situation, a type personality people that, and not in a bad way, like, like people that well, are just good and bad to be brutally honest. You'll get absolutely. The yeah. Yeah. But these people will do absolutely anything for you. And when I say absolutely anything, I mean anything. You, It's not one of those conversations that you like, oh, I don't know if this person is going to text me back. You know that they're going to come. You know that they're going to be there for you. If, if you need If you need a pair of socks, they will be the first ones to take them off their feet to give them to you. You know what I mean? And then you get out of that sort of environment. And you go to a normal nine to five where people are just there for a paycheck. They don't really care about anybody else. They don't give a shit if they come in early or late. It, it just, it is, it, nothing affects it besides their individual world. You know, that's the frustrating part. But then when you, what I found is talking to people like yourself and other people in the industry. And that's why I love the gear side of things and, and the musician side of things everybody is willing to help everybody mm -hmm. you know everybody there, there's no gatekeeping there's no the the only struggle that people have these days is time you know there yeah. are people that are extremely busy and and i understand that 100 percent. you know i i can't expect people just to drop everything they're doing just to come on a podcast for an hour or two you know but the fact that people that i once again have no business talking to just from a DM on Instagram, we're like, yeah, that sounds fun. I'll take two hours out of my day to come and talk to you, you know? So that, that's kind of like the, the, I guess the therapeutic side of it. Cause now we get to talk about something I'm also really passionate about, which is, you know, music, guitar, gear, not so much passion on the gear side. I like gear, but I'm not as crazy as some of the other people. No. And, and, and I've probably said it before, nor am I, I am, but I'm not, I mean, like, if you ask my dad, I am like a number one pedal nut. But if Absolutely. you are somebody who spends their entire day discussing the differences between two different models of transistor, I'm not even there. Right. I am getting there, though. I bought a breadboard kit and I bought a couple of pedal kits that are on their way to me. And Brian's actually on vacation at the moment. So the breadboard kit came and I thought, well, I'll wait for the pedal kit to come. And I thought, no, I can't do that. I need to understand how to breadboard stuff. So I plugged it in and powered it up and yesterday without any help from anybody i made a little circuit nice okay. that circuit was just two leds that's all it did oh well who cares you have two leds and then brian was like stick your variable resistor in there and now you can turn the brightness up of one of your leds i was like yes that's my first pedal mod uh but <clears throat> You know, I'm never going to be, you know, a Josh Scott, a Brian Wampler, a Rick Matthews kind of dude. I'm just not wired that way. But I do like the idea of making my own fuzzes. I mm -hmm. think it's quite a simple circuit. I do understand electronics very vaguely. And there's an excuse to buy a new soldering iron, which I have done. Absolutely. Uh, so I bought the kit and let's see what goes what goes on. But I thought at first I was just going to build like a solder kit and, and make it. I was like... No, I should get a breadboard kit and make sure it works before I actually solder it. And then I should probably learn some more circuits. And now I'm down a rabbit hole where every spare minute I'm looking at schematics and trying to understand them. So I was going to say you're playing a dangerous game right now. Really is. I'm falling into the rabbit hole and Brian's enabling me. Mm -hmm. Of course he is. Why wouldn't he? Oh, try that. I mean, I'm literally at the point where it's like, Hmm, I wonder if there's a website that can tell me all the different types of op-amp diode that I need to build several different pedals so I can breadboard more than one. Um, mm -hmm. There isn't yet, but maybe that's my next project. I hey, well, uh, and you know, you, you might come up with something clever that, you know, you coming from an outside perspective and not being so, well, this has to be this because I've done it for this way for so long sort of mentality. You, you might... You know, I'm not going to say it's going to be like an amazing, you know, first time you're going to get it right sort of thing. But, you know, original circuits are still a thing and you could come up with something really awesome off of that.
Yeah, or I could make something that sounds like literal wet uh, diarrhea. But hey. who knows? Yeah. Um, but going back to, I, I totally get what you're saying about the the military thing and and the way of life. Because as I've said to you before, my a lot of my family are from the military, and my grand, uh, I actually kind of had got this from my dad the other day when we were having a a bottle of whiskey together and chatting about the olden times. Oh, of course. My granddad, who fought in the Second World War, was an incredibly honest guy. Mm-hmm. Probably he he kind of raised me when I was very young, and that probably ran rubbed off on me. And I don't like people who don't deliver what they say they're going to deliver. So I would struggle in the same way. I think people from your background struggle with people in employment. I do regularly. I get very upset when people are just not good to their word or people up or all of that. And my business partner, Simon, we're constantly saying, you imagine how easy it would be to just turn up and go, Oh, as long as I'm here till five, I get paid. Right. We have, Every single month, we have to deliver, deliver, deliver in order just to get paid. And we're not getting paid so much that we're living the, the lifestyle that makes it worth happening. That's just called grinding. And that's yeah. what we grinding out a living. And when I see people who just turn up, you know, oh, I'm going to be off sick for three weeks on full pay. I'm just like, wow, I that's very nice. But I just can't imagine it. So I, I do understand that. And the, the camaraderie amongst military folk is legendary. Plus, you kind of have all of the crap done for you. You know, yeah. you're like, go here, do this, read this, eat this. And we have to make all those decisions. Life's very, very sucky sometimes. But you seem to have uh, progressed uh, out of it. You, uh, you're you not currently holed up in a small mountain with a rifle and like in a survivalist mode. Oh, absolutely not. No, no, no. Well, and and that's that's the part that's the other part of the podcast that I really wanted to drive home with people is because that's that's one of the biggest things for me is, you know, the if you want something, I'm a firm believer, if you want something, you are more than capable of as an individual to get that something. It just it it just depends on when and how It, it I I that is a very good way of putting it. I I wish I knew it when I was younger because the biggest struggle I've had in my life, and I'm knocking on 50 very shortly, is knowing what I want to do and what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And actually, I kind of discovered some of it, you know, in the last three years. I'm kind of good at talking rubbish on podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of entertaining in that way. I put on the character, you know, people think I'm more of an idiot than I am, or less of an idiot than I am, choose. But... I really enjoy talking and I always have done. In fact, if you look at any of my school reports, they'll all say Richard has a great brain, but I wish he would shut the hell up in class and all of that. And, you know, maybe that is rather than think, Oh, am I going to be good at physics? Am I going to be good at electro? Maybe talking is my thing. Mm -hmm. And maybe I find a way of monetizing it more because we certainly, uh, we don't get a lot out of podcasting at the moment, but it is a lifelong thing. You, you're kind of always questioning what is it that I'm good at, and I really wish that I'd grown up just like I want to be a train driver, and that was it. And like, because then I agree with you. If you know what you want, you can go for it. But the older you get, the more trappings you have that make it more difficult. Like, if I was a single guy who didn't have a family and a house and all of that, I'd probably go, ah, oh, screw it. I'm going to go and join a radio station and get paid nothing and live in London and live that lifestyle. But I can't do that. You know, I've got mm-hmm. responsibility. So the older you get, the more that gets tempered by your responsibilities. So I think there's a golden age when you're probably in your 30s. That's when you should be like, this is what I want out of life and I'm going to go get it. Because you you are right. Anything anybody wants is there if they want it bad enough. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really the way I look at it. Well, I kind of like what you did there because what what you showed was you were being very introspective. You know, you you were like, well, what am I actually good at? You know, and I think that's a big thing that you have to take into account because, like, like you said, yeah, with a with a direct goal, like a train, I, I want to be a train conductor. Okay, that's that's an that's a that's a finish line right there. Yeah. But with something like you said, like I'm good at talking. Well, how does that really? How can I utilize my skills at public speaking? to push the envelope to make that a career it's a little bit it's a lot of gray factor right there you know it's not like a you could go into radio 
but exactly and like in england as well we don't like people who talk unless they're on Mm -hmm. the radio in america you love to talk a lot people Mm -hmm. talk a lot over here we don't like most people will be good morning good morning and that's it you know (laughs) yes very stoic so i guess i fit fit very badly into english society at the moment but uh, that's what you are me yeah um, I yeah think no I... it is it, it is a gray area um and the grayer i get the bigger the grayness becomes absolutely that's that's all for, that's for all of us though but, but that's what i like about like i like that specifically about you you know coming into a company like wampler you know it's it's one of those things sometimes those opportunities just come out of nowhere yep you know 100%. You gotta you gotta work that was very like this is where i want to go and this is what i want to do and and that's what i did and you know we've sold millions of dollars worth of pedal material with my design work on it mm-hmm. yet i am still the world's most sensitive and um self-critical designer there is yeah like every little mistake i make i worry about for days brian's mm-hmm. like no one's gonna care that the writing on this pedal is orange. I'm like, but I wanted it to be blue. And by the way, it was originally supposed to be light blue, the orange on the gearbox. I was told not to do that. Why were you told not to do that? It looked cooler in orange. That's fair. So, um, But, you know, we're at a point now where I've probably designed 20 different pedals that have been released or or are about to be released. And I'm kind of like, when I see people criticize me, because they still do, of course, I just turn around now and go, fine, show me the millions of dollars of pedals you've designed, mm-hmm. and we'll have a conversation. In the same way when people say, I love the Chasing Tone podcast, but Richard is a massive idiot, and that happens from time to time, I'm like, fine, let me hear your podcast where you attempt to talk about the same subject every week. 52 weeks of a year yep. trust me, you're going to repeat yourself you're going to say things you wish you never said and you're going to come up with stuff that's going to make you laugh that you're never going to expect to laugh at absolutely well and that's that's the thing and it's it's the it's the same on like any social media platform you know you're going to have those people that just they're, they're, there's something going on in their life that they're not happy about and you're the outlet you're you're the one you're the public face you're the one that's on the on the show talking every week you're the one they can nitpick they're the, you're the one that they buy a pedal and they're like oh well if i was a graphic designer i would have done x y and z and and this is stupid i hate this color you know so i'm never gonna i'm never gonna win every battle and no. the reality is is a lot of my work goes through the filter of the corporate decision making at the the head company that we work for mm-hmm. isn't necessarily the decision I would make all the time. But Absolutely, yeah. Guys have got experience; they know what's going to sell, so I have to bend to that. But it, it it is very surprising how much I've kind of had to become hardened to it. Because trust me, you'll just end up crying if if you yeah. let it. You. Like the amount of people who want to say mean things about my work, you know probably peaked a few years ago i hope but it was like every other thread someone saying oh why didn't they do this why didn't they do that i'm like there's reasons mm-hmm. like you want to appeal to a broad spectrum and you are going to see some differences in our design moving forward i'm doing my best to actually simplify things because i don't believe that heavily graphic designed pedals are going to stand the test of time i think they're fashion items and I think fashion shifts. And if I look at the pedals that have stood the test of time at the moment, we're talking Boss, we're talking MXR, we're talking EHX, and, and a lot of the EHX ones haven't aged well from a design point of view. Some of them yeah. look weird. You know, like Mike Matthews got someone who might have been stoned in 1970 to draw something. So I'm trying to move Wampler to a classier and more minimalist feel and we we touched our toe in the water a little bit with the collective series yep i would have been even more minimal with but again i don't make all the decisions because i wanted to see how the uh the world reacted and it was very positive same with the Corey wong pedal 
Corey's guys did the actual graphic and it wasn't what I wanted. I'll be honest. I was like, I'm not keen on this, but let's see how the market responds. And I did a lot of the work on the layout and the kind of typography and what whatnot, but people seem to dig that design. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's weird, but fair enough. So I'm going to try and move. I've been slowly creating a design language. You'll see common icons on our pedals, not just the triangles. You'll see other shapes that are used just, you know, that on and off kind of patterns, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we move one to be more timeless moving forward. Cause I do think some of our older designs, certainly, you know, I'm not, not ratting out on anyone here, but the, the current version of the hot wire, which has gone out of production now, I look at the graphics for it and I'm like, this does look like it was done in Microsoft Word. And that really pains me. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are going to do our best to to change that. Well, that's what I have been doing. But I think as well, part of it is to try and make things that are timeless, that you would never be ashamed to have on your board. And I love some of the like um, Earthquaker designs. I, I love quite a lot of other pedals, but I do think they're also going to age quite badly. I mean, the thing with the earthquake pedals that freaks me out is is their typeface is stuck in time and at some point yeah. you're, i i i'm bored of i'm bored of the steampunk cthulhu typeface can i have <laughs> more modern please yeah. you know yeah uh yeah so th- part of my job as a designer for for boutique and, and that really is a very small part of my job but is to constantly think about creating pedals that inspire people and and really make you want to kind of enjoy playing, but also stand the test of time. And I think with the metaverse, again, I think that's a very clean design, not the colors that we were originally going to go for. It was originally going to be a bit um, Iron Man. I wanted to go gold and red with it. Okay. Uh, nobody else really wanted to, but we might do a special edition one day. Uh, but the, again, the design of it, keeping it very simple, keeping it very on point with the terraform, um, there there is a new pedal being developed in that form factor which you've probably been hinted at but i'm not going to say anything else they'll all work very beautifully together um so i think we put a lot of thought into what we do i'm not sure that always always comes out um but yeah i think uh it's a really interesting subject because whilst i've always wanted to be like a famous designer I'm not sure I actually do want to be a famous designer. I was about to say, yeah. You know, it's it's a tough gig. Yeah. Well, it's it's the you have to have the thickest of skins in that sort of environment, you know. And and you're you're getting you're what from what you're getting, you know, that that's just from and I'm not trying to downplay what you guys do, but that is just from a guitar pedal company. Mm-hmm. You know, and in the amount of you know, negative reaction you get, which is not a lot, honestly speaking. I mean, it it, it is, it, it's relatively not a lot. Yeah, no, look, there was one guy that would constantly just go, I hate your typefaces. I hate your typeface. Right. It just gets and annoying. And I just boiled down into him and go, why do you hate it? I was like, you use three typefaces. I'm like, well, the Wampler logo is a typeface. Yeah, I hate that typeface. I'm like, <laughs> I'm never going to win this conversation. Then no. am I changing the logo for you buddy right um, we'll make you a special one but some of it is valid and you know design is subjective and I, i've been very careful to try and teach that to brian over the years which is just because me and you love something you know the walls of my house are covered in surrealist art they're covered in mm-hmm. hr geiger and and you know ds and things like that whereas other people may have prints of the mona lisa in their house now there's nothing wrong with that but it's not my taste, you yeah. know, in the same way that I don't go out wearing Dunlop green flash trainers. That probably means. <laughs> Trust me. It means- well, um, we're just coming up on an hour right now. So let's, uh, let's do a, what's, what's uh, on the horizon. What, what can you talk about with uh, you guys in Wampler? I know you guys have kind of, you kind of talked about it a little bit already, but um well, what are we going to see in the next, uh, let's do uh, let's do year. What are we going to see in the next year? I mean, we have got, at the moment, five pedals bursting for release. Okay. Nice. Which they have been designed, tested, the enclosures have been printed. Some of them haven't got manuals written yet. That's because I haven't been sent the actual pedals to write the manuals for. It's right. Manual for a pedal when you don't know what it sounds like. Um, but 
I think this year there will be a minimum of five pedal releases and we're in August. So that's, that's like one a month. Right. So I don't know how we're going to manage that, but there, there is going to suddenly be a floodgate opening. So I, I can't really say too much. There's some special editions. There's some old favorites coming back. There's a tweak of one of our most popular pedals that I think the entire world is going to lose its shit about. Pardon my French, but honestly, it's probably one of the best things we've done. There's a couple of completely new circuits coming out that Brian has been working on in his lab. Um, one of which will come out very soon. One of which I don't know when it's going to come out, but it sounds amazing. And the housing is one of the nicest looking enclosures we've ever made. And then hopefully pedal number six of the five will be a uh, multi-pedal in the same vein as the Metaverse and Terraform, but it's going to shake both of those up a little bit too because it's going to do a little bit more than they do and it potentially will come with uh, the ability to add an accessory, which is a game changer. Nice. So, uh, yeah, we're busy. Plus, we've got plugins coming out. Uh, we've been working on improving the existing Metaverse plugin, but also we took down the free versions of the Terraform plugin mm -hmm. because at some point we're going to have a really full-featured Terraform plugin out there. Awesome. We're going to want people to pay for, or we'll give it to them for nothing if they buy the pedal. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, but it is so good. I like it is so so good that we got it ready for release, and then we were like, we we actually need to do some more work on this, so we're going to hold it back for a bit. But it's it's phenomenal. So yeah, I'm really excited. There's a lot coming out, and actually from from the group company as well. There's some really interesting products coming out. I can't say too much. But from Friedman and Soldano, there's two products coming out that people are going to be like, huh, I did not expect that. So, um, yeah, going to be a busy year, I think. That's good. <laughs> well, no, that's good, man. I mean, it's it's good that you guys are, you know, constantly innovating. That's what I've really always liked about yourself and Brian, especially is, you know, constantly pushing the envelope, whether that's online or whether that's with the physical products themselves, you know, so. Brian doesn't do anything if he can't add something to it. Exactly. And I won't design anything that isn't something that I would put on my board. Mm -hmm. So if it doesn't make either of us slightly excited, it doesn't get released. So, right. Uh, I mean, it was hard to get the rat spain out. I'll be honest. So the, the, the mini originally they were called the tribute series. The mini pedals was kind of my brainchild with Brian. When I first started, I sort of said to him, I said, the one thing that I was looking for when I came across Wampler was like, I want a wrap, but I don't want it to take up that much size. I want right. a tube, but I don't want... I said, why don't we do a tribute series of a tube screamer, of a rat, uh, and of a fuzz face? And so we released the rat's bane, and we released the moxie. The fuzz face had something wrong with the circuit. I say wrong, but it could have been right. It sputtered like hell when you took it to top-end game. Mm. But it was kind of cool. Right. Like I think we could have released it and people might have enjoyed it, but uh, we'll come back to that. But yeah, it took a long time to bring those out because Brian didn't just want to do a rat or a tube screamer, obviously. Right, right. Had to make them different and the differences mm -hmm. have to be meaningful, which I think he succeeded at. So Absolutely. We, we don't just release AN circuit and be like, put some graphics on it. There you go. Mm-hmm. Done. It has to have had some fettling from Brian, and he's he's spent a lot of time in the lab this year. Let's put it that way. Hey, well, I'm here for it. You know, I'm here <laughs> for it, man. I'm I'm always ready, man. I love your posts, man, because you do you do tend to buy the the newer releases we release, and you do tend to take a good photo. Your photography skills have improved immensely over the last year to the point where I'm like, I don't need to do social media. I'm just going to steal one of Jake's photos. And, and hey, that's fine. That's fine. Just make sure you tag me. I always try to. If I forget, it's because I forgot. No, it's, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Um, Richard, I appreciate it. That's ridiculous. What's that? I can't believe we've done the hour already. I was like, I've, I've got stuff to say, and, and then it just all came out. It's well, um, 
I do have the Patreon side of things now, so... Okay. If you wanted to record a Patreon episode, I'm happy to do that. Awesome. I I, I do apologize. See, I'm getting... I, I need to get on my shit, because I keep forgetting to tell people about that, man. I have a Patreon side now. Yes, I have a Patreon for extra episode. If you guys want to check out the extra episode with Richard Oliver, I guarantee you it's going to get weird. So <laughs> I guarantee that too. But yeah, so we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Richard, thank you so much for taking the time, man. It's always good to talk to you, dude. Uh, whether it's, you know, face to, well, Zoom to camera to camera or, or text or whatever, man, it's, it's always a good time. So I appreciate it. Yeah, no, also it's been a, a real pleasure. Thanks for having me on, um, dude. Uh, I'm so happy to see this podcast like go from strength to strength. It's awesome. Well, I appreciate it, man. But for Richard, we'll go ahead and wrap this this main episode up. If you want to check out the other stuff that we're going to get to talk about, which I don't know where it's going to go, go ahead and go to <laughs> patreon.com forward slash man the helm and check it out. But for Richard, we'll go ahead and wrap this up and we will check you guys next week on Man the Helm Podcast. Mm -hmm.